Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. I started this podcast in the spring to boost and advance the value of librarians. I love having guests on who are doing just that. My guest today is Rebecca Friedman. Rebecca is communications manager at University of South Carolina's College of Information and Communications. Rebecca also went to the iSchool at USC, so it was about time I had a Gamecock on my podcast. Rebecca, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your work and some of the projects you take on for the iSchool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my job, I am communications manager for the college, which um, includes the iSchool as well as the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. So I, mm -hmm. I work for both. Um, as communications manager, um, I manage a team that does a little bit of everything. Um, my background is in print journalism, um, but I also work with a visual communications coordinator who helps with graphics and video. Um, and we have a webmaster um, who works part-time. Um, we maintain the school's website. Um, we manage its social media. We develop digital signage and other graphics, um, create marketing materials. We write and edit web stories. Um, we make sure everything, you know, that comes out of our college and our school is brand compliant. Um, we manage our alumni communications, which includes um, an e-newsletter and a magazine. Um, I pitch stories to um, media and I handle media requests when they come in. Um, so it's definitely a little bit of everything. Um, our end goal with all of this is multifaceted. Um, you know, we're obviously working to recruit students to the program. Mm -hmm. um, we're working to communicate with those students once they're here. Um, we're working to keep our alumni engaged and connected with us. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're working to boost our reputation among other LIS programs. Well, I always talk it up because I thought it was a great program when I went through it. And I always, you know, I never understood why it wasn't higher in some of the rankings because I just thought it was, you know, I just loved it. So what traditional, I'm using air quotes, uh, what traditional library skills do you use in your work? Um, you know, surprisingly, a lot of them um, kind of translate to communications. Um, one of the classes that I took um, when I was in the MLIS program was a class on digital archives. Um, mm -hmm. And you learn a lot of technical info, um, you know, about digitizing documents in that class that really helps with the visual side of communications. Um, so, you know, for example, like knowing which file extensions are most appropriate for what you're working with, um, understanding um, file compression, um, knowing how to organize those kinds of files and find them later. Um, understanding how to back them up appropriately and why that's important. Um, so that class was surprisingly helpful. Um, another skill is more from the information science side of, um, of my degree, but it's that concept of information architecture. Um, and that's especially relevant to managing our website. Um, so it's knowing um, how we organize our website so that it's most intuitive for visitors. Um, knowing where to put a new page, right? Because sometimes these pages can go in four different spots. So it's, it's anticipating where our users are going to go to look for that information and then putting it in the place that is that makes the most sense um, when designing it. Um, research is another skill that carries over. Um, so if I'm writing a story, it's important that I do my homework. Um, learning how to navigate our academic libraries databases um, has come in handy so many times. It's something that I didn't know how to do before grad school. Um, and knowing how to read academic research um, and translate that kind of into regular people terms, right? So a big part of my job 
um, is working with our faculty and helping to promote their research um, because that makes our program look good and it really highlights the impact that we're having. Um, but faculty don't always know how to translate that into impact focused language. Um, so what I end up doing is, you know, I'll, I'll take the original journal article. I'll say, can you send me that DOI? I need to take a look at it. Um, I'll, I'll read through the whole thing, figure out how to explain why it matters to an everyday person who maybe doesn't, you know, isn't familiar with our, our little corner of academia. Um, and then I will translate that into a story pitch for maybe our university's research magazine or um, a story for, you know, I'll, I'll write a story for our website um, or I'll even just kind of, you know, simplify it into a post for our social media with the graphic. Um, but suffice it to say, I, I, you know, that would be a much more difficult process if I had not um, learned those research, research skills in the MLIS program. Um, and then much more broadly, there's that idea of customer service. Mm -hmm. um, uh, most communicators, uh, but especially those of us in higher ed, really feel like it's our mission to serve our institutions um, and, and our constituents, you know, so our students, our alumni, our donors. Um, so anytime there are people in our buildings, I kind of go into librarian mode, you know, I'm making sure that, you know, I'm there as a resource if they need help finding something, you know, I will like <laughs> run them down and say, hey, you know, welcome, <laughs> you know, finding anything, you know, oh, that building's over there. Um, you know, if they've got questions about our buildings, um, you know, our academic programs, I make sure to point them in the right direction. So it's, you know, it, you definitely feel like a librarian when you kind of go into that mode. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that feels. Yep. <laughs> what kinds of goals do you have for the iSchool? Um, well, broadly, because there's a ranking system in place, for LIS programs um, through US News and World Report. Um, and because that is such an important tool when recruiting students or recruiting new faculty, um, it, supporting our efforts to rise in the rankings is really, you know, that really drives what my team does. Um, so that's always kind of happening in the back of my head. I'm asking, like, how do we get this really cool thing that we've done in front of um, alumni and library directors and other LIS leaders and decision makers across the country? Um, a little more specifically, um, one of our big focuses here at the University of South Carolina is increasing diversity, um, both within our student body, um, but also ultimately in the field of librarianship, because we want our field to reflect the people we serve. Um, so my team works really closely with Dr. Nicole Cook, our Augusta Baker mm -hmm. Chair. Um, she is just a powerhouse. She hosts tons and tons of diversity, equity, and inclusion programming throughout the year. Um, and every time they draw people from around the country, um, it's not unusual for her to have hundreds of people tune in for something she's involved in. Um, I've been one of them many times. Yes. <laughs> Always great. She's such a mm -hmm. great speaker. Um, and additionally, we, we help promote uh, DEI initiatives. So um, for instance, Dr. Cook recently, she helped us launch a Spectrum Scholarship Match Program. Um, so we're working to get the word out about that to attract underrepresented students um, and we also just launched a DEI certificate program for MLIS students um, to, you know, help prepare them for the workforce. It's actually really great because they can apply their electives to it. So they'll graduate in the same amount of time, but now they've got this certificate that really prepares them, I think, for working in a modern library um, and gives them an edge in, in the job market. Um, so my job is to make sure that prospective students who are looking at our program know that these are offerings that we have and they know that um, this can differentiate our program from other programs. Um, because the more students we bring in to take advantage of these things, obviously the bigger impact we have on librarianship as a whole. Um, 
Another goal is growing our undergraduate information science program. Um, and I, I know there can be mixed feelings about this sometimes within librarianship because I think people worry um, that we might uh, supplant the library side of academic programs. Um, but here, I, I think most of us see it as an opportunity. Um, many of the information science undergrads feed into our, our graduate school. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really great way for us to recruit top talent for the MLIS program. Um, the ones who don't take that library track, they enter the workforce and now they're, they're launching startups or they're becoming data analysts or they're project managers at big companies. Um, and these are all you know potentially high paying, high demand jobs right now. Um, so growing enrollment in that program not only supports our school financially, um, but it also sets the stage for some of these alumni to come back and support us later, you know, as donors, as volunteers, as mentors for our students, that sort of thing. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about diversity. Um, I'm currently going through the list of ALA accredited library school programs and reaching out to them about my podcast with, you know, career ideas because so yeah. many people are doing other things. And then my next project is to reach out to HBCUs to like their career counselors, mm -hmm. um, just to tell them that library school is an option. Yeah. Now, here are some things you can do with your with an iSchool degree just to try to, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, just to get the word out a little bit to HBCUs, because I don't think we we don't go after that population enough. So we are actually um, I'm glad you mentioned that um, we actually just launched a four plus one degree program with Claflin University, a historic HBCU here in it's in Orangeburg. So it's mm -hmm. about 45 minutes from Columbia. Um, and I don't think there are or any other MLIS programs doing something similar. Don't quote me on that, but um, <laughs> it's it'll be they'll feed into both of our graduate programs. So the MLIS program, but also our Master of Mass Communication program on the other side of our college. Um, but we're really excited about it. Um, I don't know the figures for South Carolina specifically, but generally, I think the last time I looked into it, um, the percentage of African-American librarians is still about half of the percentage of African-Americans in the population as a whole, right? So we're, we're not yet reflecting the people we serve. So we're hoping that this will be a pipeline to bring in more diverse students and, and increase the diversity of our profession. That's a great idea. Hopefully more uh, other iSchools are paying attention. Yes. As communications manager for the college, what are some misconceptions or roadblocks about the iSchool or librarians that you run into that you don't have when you're doing work for the J school? Um, we're lucky in that I think a lot of our J school folks are fairly collaborative um, and they're, they're well-versed or they're beginning to become well-versed on LIS issues. Um, we're facing a lot of the same challenges right now, particularly when it deals with, you know, dealing with misinformation and disinformation. So I think we know that we're in this together. Mm -hmm. That said, I think sometimes we disagree on how to tackle those challenges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about, but uh, for instance, so we recently had an event where we discussed the idea of fake news, you know, and we had somebody from the J school side, we had somebody from the library school side. Um, and there was some disagreement about the term fake news. Do we call this an event, you know, about, do we call this a fake news event? You know, they didn't really like the title of it um, because on the J school side, they've seen it hurled at them as an insult. Um, you know, they mm -hmm. get, you know, accused of fake news. So understandably, they don't care for it. Um, uh, whereas on the iSchool side, we see it as non-journalists. Um, fake news is also a term that's used to just describe news that can look real. Um, and so it's a term that the average person knows 
and uses. And I think we've got to speak their language if we're going to get through to them and make a difference. Um, so I, I think the real roadblock is just agreeing on a strategy for tackling those issues that both industries are facing. We'll get there. Yeah. Given your experience in communications, because you've also done other communications jobs at, at USC, what are two or three ways that libraries can talk about or promote what they offer to their communities? Um, you know, specifically, I think be active on social media. Um, I know some people are a little shy about social media. Um, you know, it's not everybody loves it. And, you know, I know some people who are just on every platform out there, they feel so comfortable with it. Um, and then I know some people who are the opposite and they don't have any social media and they avoid it like the plague. Um, but don't be shy about joining social media, about entering those conversations that are out there and developing relationships with influencers, um, you know, just both within your, your industry and within your community. Um, I have tons of professional relationships that are really just based on interactions I've had with people on social media. Um, so I think that, you know, you can have a big impact there. Um, but more broadly, you know, I think it's this idea of being vocal about the value your library brings to the community. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think a lot of the time we assume people realize all of the things that libraries do, like all the services, all the programs, but a lot of people don't. Some people haven't stepped foot in the library in years, you know, where they, you know, they're adults who haven't gone to their local public library or their academic library, you know, since they were in college or since their kids did the reading programs. Mm -hmm. um, and so they don't, you know, they, they still have that, that old fashioned view of librarians, you know, that we're wearing the cat eye glasses and pushing carts around and you know, <laughs> pushing people. Um, they don't know that, that we've evolved. Um, they still think it's just really, you know, summer reading programs for kids. Um, and they don't know that, hey, we also have people here who are helping um, people apply for jobs. Um, they don't realize that we have maker spaces and these spaces that communities can, can take advantage of. Um, they, I really think a lot of people don't recognize how bad the digital divide is. Um, they mm -hmm. don't understand that libraries are necessities for um, kids who don't have the internet to do their homework and schools increasingly are depending on students to have that internet access, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything shutting down. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter really of seeking out those opportunities to have those conversations. And that's something you don't need a communications degree to do by any means. Well, to your point about the value of the technology and digital, digital divide, there was a lot of talk during the pandemic about how the pandemic shining a light on digital divides, like we already knew it. Yeah. Most of us already knew about the digital divide, but welcome, you know, yeah. let's help us solve it. But this is not news to us. Yeah. We already knew about it. So how does your library education add value to what you do for the iSchool? Um, you know, I think, I think I can speak their language. Um, mm -hmm. While I don't have, you know, all this experience working in a public library or working in an academic library, a special library, um, I'm still versed on the issues that impact those institutions and the people who work there, um, you know, the challenges, the opportunities. And I think our faculty appreciate that I'm one of them, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, you know, they know like I'm not an outsider looking in with just sort of a superficial understanding of what's happening within the profession. Um, I genuinely care about the school's growth and success because I am an alum of it um, and I want it to succeed. What suggestions can you give librarians who want to move into a position like yours? Um, so when it comes to communications, um, one thing I've learned is you don't need to excel at everything. Mm. Um, yes, you know, there are plenty of jobs. Mine, mine kind of covers a really broad spectrum. 
of communications from the visual side to the writing to you know working with media um but you can start by just picking something whether it's writing or graphic design or video something that you're interested in um and a lot of those are things that you can teach yourself and i know librarians especially know how to use that because we're mm -hmm. all really adept at you know finding those resources online um so so pick something you know i really like the adobe uh creative um cloud the design software mm -hmm. that we use here um and you do have to pay for that but there there are um you know there are other design softwares that you can learn that are very similar um and having those design skills i you know i had a job where that was one thing i didn't have um you know in my skill set coming from a print journalism background so they paid for me to learn um you know just a little bit of graphic design and that was something that was really able to help me get my foot in the door here because i you know i could put together a flyer and write a web story mm -hmm. um so you know pick a skill teach yourself how to do it um look to others for examples that's something our team loves to do um we look at other units here on campus to see what's working for them on their social media um you know on their websites you know in their magazines we network with other communicators and try to learn from them and understand what's trending understand what skills they're looking for with their hires um you know communications is really one of those fields where it's not so much the degree that matters. I mean, my undergrad is, my, my major was in English, my minor was in journalism. So by no means was I a communications major, um, but I worked at a newspaper. Um, so this is a field where experience really is what matters, having that skill set. Um, so start small and build that skill set. Well, I think those are really good ideas um, because I've talked on other podcasts about what libraries can do to market themselves because no one has time. No, most libraries don't have a marketing person. So these are really good, like tiny, you know, bite-sized things that people can do when they have time. Mm -hmm. And the results will show the results results are bigger than what it takes to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So why did you go to library school? And based on your career so far, does that reasoning still hold? Um, so when I before I came to library school, um, I was working at my local newspaper. Um, and this was when I think newspapers were really starting to decline. Um, you know, they had not really adapted well to that shift to um, the digital era. And so they were losing advertising revenue, people were losing their jobs. Um, and as they eliminated positions, we would take on more and more. And one of the things, that, one of the roles that I took on um, when I worked in the newsroom, um, we, we had initially we had a fully staffed library in-house library right they maintained all of the archives um they had hard copies they had digital copies um and eventually those people retired they were laid off and they just passed it to me as a very small part of my already very overwhelming job <laughs> um and so you know a few hours a week i would go in and basically digitize the newspaper and and you know go through the steps of adding in that metadata and um trying to archive it as best I could with what limited time I had. Um, and I, I really started to get worried because this was this was important work. You know, these are things that really mm -hmm. did need to be preserved. I mean, we would regularly get calls from, you know, just random people saying, oh, I remember I, you know, a story about my son ran in the newspaper 30 years ago. And I, I just really want to track it down and get a copy of that photo. Can you help me? Um, and, you know, there may be a day when we don't we can't help them. We don't have those things. Um, and so, you know, it, it struck me that 
librarianship really is critical. Um, it really does add something to society and to our collective memory. Um, and we need people in these roles. Um, and I also worry that it's threatened by the same kind of cultural and political shifts that are impacting the journalism industry. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, going to library school was not just a way to, you know, pick up some new skills and, you know, open the door for a new career, but also to um, hopefully be able to um, help the industry be proactive at combating that and advocating for itself. Um, I definitely think that that reasoning still holds. I, mean, I love, you know, my MLIS degree and I, I wouldn't change anything about it, even though I don't work in a library. Well, that's great because a lot of my guests have said they never planned on working in a library when they got their library degree. So yeah, you're among good company in, in that regard. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for doing this. I, I enjoy hearing about my alma mater and the strategy you've got. No, absolutely. I enjoyed it. And if anybody ever has any questions, they're welcome to reach out. Um, my email is RebeccaB at mailbox.sc.edu or I'm on Twitter um, at Rebecca Friedman. Great. Go Gamecocks. Yes. Go Gamecocks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Rebecca Friedman, for being my guest today on the Librarian Linkover. And thank you to my listeners for all of the support. It's really great when I hear from listeners who've reached out to my guests. Please like and follow the Librarian Linkover on your favorite podcast app, on social media, and on the librarianlinkover.com. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.